Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another production of the Four Eyed Radio Network at fouredradio.com. Starfleet Escape Podcast. Prepare for launch in three, two, one. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four Eyed Radio Network, where we escape into the Star Trek universe. This is episode number 30 and is being recorded on October 3rd, 2013. Today's topic, the best of Star Trek, the next generation. I'm Aaron. And I'm Marty. And this episode is brought to you by America Joy Print Shop, official sponsor of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. For high-quality business cards, flyers, banners, cut vinyl, and more, visit AmericaJoy.com. How's it going, Marty? It's going okay. Just very busy. And I heard that one of our our friend uh, Eric is not to be found tonight because he is very busy. Uh, yeah, it seems to be a Work. running theme with yeah, us. With uh, all of us. Yeah. I almost didn't make it. You almost uh, didn't make it. Uh, I'm really happy about this topic. Uh, it's one that I'm excited to talk about. It's near and dear to your heart. It is. Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation is by far my favorite Star Trek series. Well, uh, you grew up. You were, you broke your teeth on that. I did. I don't remember not knowing what Star Trek The Next Generation was. I do, but not for very long. Indeed. Why don't we jump into the news here? Sure. The next Destination Star Trek event is set for the weekend of February 21st to 23rd, 2014. It will be held at Mesa, Mesa Frankfurt, Frankfurt. Yes, in Mesa Frankfurt, Frankfurt in Frankfurt, Germany. Germany. Uh, fans can expect to enjoy talks, photo shoots, and autographs opportunities, as well as the chance to check out sets, props, costumes, and much more. Seems sort of like Star Trek The Experience kind of event. Yeah. I wish I could go. How much is it? Did you I check don't, that up? I don't We should look know. that up. You, just out of curiosity, because you know what? Yeah. You never know. You and I could probably go. Well, it's in Germany. Oh, well, I know how to speak German. <laughs> well, that would be oh. of use then. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I don't... Think you can go? See... Oh, wait. Ticket info. Okay, so I'm guessing are these Euros? There's a one-day entry on Friday. Online price is, it looks like, 35 Euros. At the door price is 40 Euros. And then, you know, it goes on. But if you want all three days, online, 59 Euros. And at the door, 65 Euros. So next, ThinkGeek and her universe are joining forces to launch a Year of the Fangirl Design Contest called Make It So, spelled S-E-W. That's like uh, that joke. Yep, right, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, submissions must be made by October 7th, which is the day that this episode airs. Mm-hmm. I wish we could have gotten it out. If we had a weekly show, we could have gotten it out of the box sooner. Uh, and the winners, the, <laughs> the, the winners will be announced on October 14th. So this, uh, they didn't really give people much time for this, this contest. Yeah. But I wish 
everyone luck who enters it. Moving on to the next. Star Trek The Original Tops Trading Card Series Book by Abrams Books is now available for nineteen ninety five. Is that J.J. Abrams' book? <laughs> I do not believe it is, no. <laughs> um, it owns the link, everything. <laughs> the link will be in the show notes if you want to check he this owns out. owns everything. It's, uh, you know, kind of cool. So, Marty, you you have pets. Yes, I do. Uh, I you have cats, pets. though. Yes, I have uh, cats. Mako, Marlin, and Vera. If you had a dog, this next product may be for you. Yes. Uh, a Crowd Coop will Crowded. introduce... The first ever Star Trek The Original Series pet product collection. It's said to include dog collars, dog leashes, water and food <laughs> food bowls, food uh, dog, dog beds, beds, and dog toys, all with a Star Trek flair. And for those first two things, I know that people could use them for other things. Anyways, um, you know, the collars and the leashes. And a, yeah, so um, I guess I know what to get you and your wife. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. Um, make sure uh, mine so is studded. Um, <laughs> anyways, the, extra large. a crowded coop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just going to have Star Trek series pet products. That's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. I just, I just wish they had other pet, you know. Some of us have cats and turtles. and. Well, we talked a few weeks ago about the person on Etsy, I believe, that made a, was it Etsy? Or not, maybe not Etsy, but someone made a Star Trek Enterprise and Romulan Bird of Prey uh, cat house thing. What are those things that they scratch? Uh, the posts? Yeah. The, the sc- scratching post? Yeah, scratch, scratching posts. Scratching posts, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, those those are cool things, especially... They for other things, though, you know? Well, it might. This, it might. Yeah, if this line, you know, does well, who knows? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what else. What do cats like? <laughs> I don't know. What do cats like? Catnip. But there's, um, there's like uh, chew toys also. Yeah. Star Trek yeah. chew toys. Maybe you they can. Like that, yeah. Give a, that mouse to a, an, a mouse that's uh, got a Trek uniform on. Or a. Or a, <laughs> a tribble. A tribble, yeah, because that's what most of the. Mice toys look like, anyways. Yeah, exactly. Just you know, triple. Mako, would you like that? He's he's doing the balking symbol. That's so nice. <laughs> I'm sure. You ever seen a cat do that? It's amazing. So uh, speaking of lens flares, J.J. Abrams apologized to Star Trek fans for the amount of lens flares in Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, there was more than the first one. <laughs> After showing his wife an early version of Star Trek Into Darkness. He realized that there were too many lens flares. Yeah, too many is any. Anyway. <laughs> I guess they had to go in and digitally edit out lens <laughs> flares. Cause there you were have just to edit. Many. Oh, my God. Okay, here's one I like. Uh-huh. William Shatner, the man, the myth, the legend. Mm-hmm. The one that Family Guy makes fun of all the time. Will be touring this October to promote his record, Ponder the Mystery. <laughs> And we do have the website to uh, check that out. This Shatner October tour. So yeah. it's a Shatner Oktoberfest. Right. And uh, I'm sure that will be awesome. Um, ish. Ish. You know I my feelings about William Shatner. You love him. <laughs> oh, actually, speaking of <laughs> William Shatner, a few weeks ago his uh, Shat Toetry app was free to download. 
So I yeah. downloaded it. Chat poetry. Yeah. So. Oh my god. So uh, for those who don't know, Chateau Tree app is uh, basically little audio clips of words uh, that Chatner that, that right? Chatner reads. Yeah. And uh, playing with it, I kind of appreciate it a little bit more. What do you uh, put them together? You you put them together. Uh, you can buy word packs. It's like Mad Libs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can buy word packs to. Yeah. <laughs> You know, upgrade make, what you have for <laughs> upgrade his voice, more yeah. words and stuff. I'd rather do it with Nimoy's voice. Oh, but no, it no. has to be Shatner, because it's funny, because you can tap on the words. Yeah. To increase, uh, to change the way it's it's said, so you can have like more pauses <laughs> and stuff. Oh, and it's uh, his hysterical. So there is something you like about Shatner. I like that he's willing to make fun of himself. Yes, and after this, years, he, 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 a long time ago, he couldn't. Yeah, I mean, this app totally is, you know, he's definitely making fun of himself with this app, and I'm all for that. I wonder if he authorized it. Oh, no, he did. Okay. Yeah, he's he's making money off of this app. and oh, he, it's free. It's not oh, free. Oh, because you pay to do the upgrades. Well, it, it's free. Did you download it for free? I down. It was like on sale, like a limited time free download. Okay, and then you got to upgrade the, the packs. Yeah, so that costs. Yeah, so normally. So what's the cost? Uh, I I think it was like two bucks. Yeah. That's to buy it. Not many people will buy bad. it just because it's Shatner. Oh, I'm sure tons of people already bought it. Uh, before it was on sale for a holiday or or something, like during Labor Day, it was free. Or something like that. Yeah. I just wonder if he really talks like that in real life. Like when he goes uh, home to his family, you know what I mean? Do people, do, does his own family or uh, family members or friends come up to him and say, would you freaking stop that? I'm, pr I'm sure he doesn't because I've heard interviews and stuff where he, he talks normally. Normally, yeah. I, I think he was just doing it for dramatic effect and didn't realize. It was horrible. Yeah. It was, yeah, an, an interesting choice. Okay, so September 26th marked the 12th anniversary of Star Trek Enterprise. Can you believe that? It's no, been 12, 12 years. years. It also means that it's been 12 years since Voyager went off the air. Ah, uh, yes. Of course, you didn't mention that. I get, I get a backup, Eric, tonight. You didn't mention <laughs> that, did you? Well, wasn't the? It's not the anniversary of their last episode. No, of Voyager. No, 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 it, no. It's it's the anniversary of the first episode of the. Enterprise. Enterprise. Which, I Which think... was only like three weeks later, but that's okay. What do you mean three weeks later? Enterprise started right after Voyager. Voyager ended in like May of like 2001 or whatever. Yeah, or 2000, and, and whatever. Enterprise started what, at the end of the summer? September 26th. You just read it. <laughs> I know, but still. It's months. Okay. Plus Months, uh, big deal. Plus, we did mention the anniversary of uh, Endgame uh, when it yeah, when it did yeah. uh, you know and a few months ago. Yeah. And we, <laughs> Eric and I also did a supplemental episode. Which Eric? Eric Berry. Okay. Which, if you don't know, our supplemental series of episodes. So what, how many do we have? We have two so far. Two. So I plan on having we more. Do another one. We should do one <laughs> together, you and I. Indeed. Which ones did you do it on so far? Endgame. We did Endgame and Yesterday's Enterprise. We should do all all good things. All good things would be good. Yeah. But those who don't know, it's basically a commentary track 
that we make that is meant to be played along with an episode. With an episode, yeah. It's if you ever watched uh, uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand, it's uh, roughly on the same idea or on well, we a DVD. We don't make fun of it. We don't make fun of it. It's along the lines of a commentary track on a DVD. Yeah. You know, you just you know sync Only it up. more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Uh, it all depends on the episode, I guess. Yeah. September 28th marked the 26th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation. And 26 years, I can't believe it. It's been that long. Well, it's younger than you. That's that's a lot to say. Barely younger than me. But it's I'm just barely saying. younger than me. Yeah. Yet. Four years younger than you? Yeah. You know what's really shocking about that? What? 26 years ago, Ronald Reagan was president. And I'm too young to remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Pope. I, it was three popes ago, not two. That's a lot of popes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, in the progression of the effects from that time period until the end of the series, there was a lot of growth that you could tell within that, you know, from season one to season seven. Yeah, basically season one was like coming out of a cold shower, and season seven was like go taking some medicine for ED. Anyways, um, um <laughs> I don't understand. You know what but... you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, sure you don't. It was a cold. The water was cold. No, anyways, so yeah, they did. They progressed pretty well too. It was only what seven years. Right, the series, so a seven-year run. Seven years, I think, that they went from... And by the time they get to the seventh year, it pretty much was all um, CGI. The, the ships, at least, I'm pretty sure, were almost all CGI. No, they they were still uh, physical studio models. Um, were they? But they yeah. were starting to do the CGI stuff. Uh, they did see, like, you know, for... Battle scenes. Battle scenes, but none of the the actual ships. They were all. When was it that they changed over though? There was a point at which they changed. Maybe it was Star Trek Six. For CGI. Yeah. No CGI. I mean, even in the Generations movie, those were all you know physical models. They didn't start doing CGI for the principal ships until the end of maybe Voyager they they started them in Voyager where they were all those ships well, I thought they did uh, the Deep Space Nine uh, they probably did yeah. in Deep Space Nine but the beginning of Deep Space Nine was still physical yeah, models because yeah. remember that was 93 that started yep uh, still physical models hey, are, you uh, saying, are you saying it's old? yeah <laughs> and then let's uh, see 93 how old were you by then? I was 10 in 93. Mm. Actually, not even... I wasn't even 10 because it happened in, uh, like, January, I think, of... Really? Of... To the, of um, yeah, it was a mid-season replacement. Yeah, it's, it started in... It, so it didn't really start didn't in September. Have, it didn't have its seven seasons, then, technically. No, it still had seven seasons. It was just shorter. It's short first season. It's short first season, right. That's why... Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation has the most amount of episodes Yeah, is because it had like a full yeah. run. And then by the time Voyager came in, they had been shortening the seasons. Well, Voyager started in January as well. Yeah, but by that year, season, you know how crazy the seasons... I mean, I remember when I was a kid, seasons began in like mid or early September, right? When school came back. Mm-hmm. And they'd end sometime 
late May. And now it's like the seasons, because of HBO and all those other channels now, they, they you know, come on in the middle of, you know, Groundhog Day and go off on <laughs> Labor Day. I don't yeah, seasons just weird. Are, are weird. Uh, example is uh, Grimm yeah. on NBC. It has a weird season yeah. thing. I, I haven't... I mean to watch it, actually, because I love the first season. I, I just didn't get... First season was great. Uh, I wasn't able to watch the second season much, and uh, the third season starts uh, this year, or this... Whenever they decide season. to do it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, won't we? Twenty-eight move on? years ago, my God. No, twenty-six. <laughs> I keep on reading the wrong number. Twenty-six years ago. Can you believe that, though? Yeah, yeah. My God. I mean, who who thought we would still be talking about Star Trek: The Next Generation? I didn't. I mean, that that first couple of years were a little shaky. Yeah. But anywho, let's let's move on to our next topic. Would you buy it? Okay. So, what this is, is a Star Trek Starfleet ice tray, which is going for $9.99. So it's a silicone ice tray that makes eight command sig- insignia Starfleet ice cubes. With a Delta shield. Right, with the... that elongated. Symbol. The elongated star Stop. in the middle. Yep. And it's available on Think Geek. Uh, so, Marty, would you buy it? Yes, because I already have one that's like this. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I have a Darth Vader helmet one mm-hmm. from Star Wars, and it works perfectly. And you get perfect like dyes of of the shape. It, it's exact. Mm-hmm. So I really like. Plus, I like the silicone better because it's easier to get them out. Right. The I would buy this as well. Uh, we had a on a previous would you buy it uh, another silicone ice cube tray that has the Enterprise D the Enterprise D with the communicator insignias from next generation from from the next generation which yes. I don't believe it's for sale yet I I think it's more towards Christmas mm-hmm. that that one's going out this one's available right now and you can buy it right now. From Think Geek, and it's uh, you know pretty awesome. I you wish be- I was saying to you earlier. You, you you remember I said this to you earlier. I wish mm-hmm. they had the science and the and and the uh, science and engineering. Mm-hmm. I wish they had those insignias because the symbol's different on it. I, I would buy this. I actually don't really care about the other insignia because this is like the insignia that you always think of when you think of Star Trek and the movie error. The TOS movies all had this kind of insignia mm-hmm. with the elongated star in the middle. I want them to come out with the one from the the uh, original series movies, the big long one. Oh, with like that plate in the back of the. I uh, loved it. I loved that one. Yeah, that that's cool. That's definitely cool. It's like a ice cube tray. You would want that. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I guess those are big ice cubes, though. Yeah, I like cold drinks. <laughs> I like very cold drinks, Aaron. Yes, Get off I my do. back. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need a really big ice tray. I just need a block. That's all. Give me a big block. Uh, yeah. And along with ice, you can also use this as like a candy Chocolate. mold. Um, you could put Jello in this and make like. They could jiggle. <laughs> they could jiggle. Um, I'd have too much fun. 
you know, you could you could go all all out in the uh, like have a trek part the themed adults party. Out there. Jello shots. Yeah, jello shots. Uh, you can put the ice cubes in a glass of Romulan ale, which they show on the site, which is cool because <laughs> it's lit from behind too. Oh, in the uh, product picture. Yeah. Right. But this is a rare moment when all the hosts on the show say that they would buy the Would You Buy It. Well, what about Eric? I'm sure he would buy it as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he would. <laughs> uh, he's he a would, sucker for I mean, he, he's, he, he likes those things. He does like those things. And I, I'm pretty sure he, w he said yes to the other ice cube tray that we had on the show. Yeah. Moving on <laughs> to the next... So our topic for the evening... Uh, so the best of the next generation. Uh, so what we have here are... Thank God it isn't... Thank God... Hold on a second. Thank God it isn't the best of Voyager, because we would have been the best of Voyager, and that's it. <laughs> uh, Endgame. Wait, End. there, there were more episodes, weren't there? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> One episode. Um, that's that, that show went off fast. No. <laughs> uh, so what we have here, uh, we went through and picked out the episodes that we like the best from each season. Mm -hmm. um, so, th as we've, I think we said a little earlier, there were seven seasons of the Next Generation, a total of about 178 episodes. I think it is 178. Yeah. So yeah, a vast number of episodes there. Uh, there would have been more if there wasn't a writer strike in the second season. It mm -hmm. Probably would have broke 80, uh, 180. Yeah, probably would have. But <laughs> From season one, yep. Go ahead. We would have to go with Encounter at Farpoint. Yeah, the first show has to be on there. If the first right. show isn't good, forget about it. Right. Now, I don't think the whole episode, the episode as a whole, was that great. It's actually two episodes, you know. It's originally, two different episodes written together. Together. Yeah. When they yeah. were originally trying to come up with the first episode, they came up with two totally different plans. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no. The, the reason why they wanted a longer episode, so that's why they wrote in oh, they, the Q part. The Q part, yeah. But I yeah. thought it was two separate originally, too. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, you have to check on that. But in, yeah. in, in quite almost Disney fashion, when they made Epcot, they pushed two things together and made one land. No, um, <laughs> they just pushed two shows together, and they got Encounter Farpoint. Because if you watch it, it kind of is confusing how the Enterprise, like you start in the show, and the Enterprise isn't already got its full crew. Mm -hmm. That's interesting to me. Right. Like, half the crew is on that, that planet where the thing happened. Right, uh, at Farpoint Station. Farpoint, yeah. It's just, that's that's just a coinky-dink, isn't it? The good thing about this episode is that it introduces Q. Yes. I think Q added tremendously to the, you know, fabric of the... The show. Yeah, the, the whole show. show. I mean, exactly, it... You know, from Seriously. beginning to end, uh, bookends. I, I mentioned this before. This show had a bookends, which other shows didn't have, and I mm -hmm. think, you know, they, they should have. Well, they didn't bring back the crystalline entity for uh, for uh, all good things. They brought back Q. Right, well, the crystalline entity was destroyed. I, I know, but... And, and it, it wasn't in Encounter at Farpoint. Oh, that's... I'm sorry, I always get those two mixed up. That's the... Um, the, uh, the thing that looks it's like, like the jellyfish people. Jellyfish thing, yeah. Not people, but... People? Uh, <laughs> They're pretty big people. <laughs> the, those jellyfish... Wasn't that a jellyfish entities. that they used, though? It looks like a jellyfish. Uh, I don't... No, it's not like a real jellyfish, because yeah. like, those things are like 
feathers. Yeah, they didn't bring that thing back. No, which they I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> yeah, because if they had done it without Q that first show, it would have been yeah. a flop. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Because it was just like a little... That other part is basically just a side story. Which was the, you know, the whole story yeah. <laughs> originally. But yeah, uh, Q, I wish they made a better episode, really, focusing more around Q. But it was cool that they had, you know, the the trial of humanity. What I really liked about that was that they showed, mm-hmm. not only did you get a brand new show and a brand new time period, but you also got mm-hmm. a view of how humanity was in a different time period than what we ever saw with that with that trial. Because mm-hmm. that trial is supposed to be akin to the time period right after, what, the eugenic wars. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. So you got to see even something that we had never seen before on top mm-hmm. of this. So that's why I think it was good. Of, of course, I don't think it was, I don't think it's the best show in Star Trek. As no. compared to all good things, which we'll talk about later, but right. it, it's knowing it. And uh, other ones like, um, you know, Best of Both Worlds and mm-hmm. things like that, it's nowhere near the same. Right. And oh, also, uh, a quick uh, tangent. Uh, we mentioned in the, I believe How about it was a hypotenuse the, instead. We never do a hypotenuse. <laughs> uh, we mentioned in the last episode, and then I went and looked it up. Mm-hmm. You brought up the fact that there was a contest to be a beyond the show. Yeah. Apparently, an elderly person won the contest. Wow. And opts opted for a cash payout instead of uh, being on the show. <laughs> do you know what the cash payout was? I, I don't know. Cheap best. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what so, happens. So no uh, old no old woman in the in the tunic with the <laughs> skorts on. Right. So that's yeah. They tried to go back. Uh, apparently, their records aren't that great. So there's no real record on who won. They don't have yeah, that person's that, name I'm anymore. Sure. I, I'm gonna tell you, back in those days, there was no winner. <laughs> they did it. No together. one won. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so there you go. Uh, actually, the promo spot is on online. Is it really? Uh, yeah, it's uh, TrekCore, I believe, has the promo, and I went through their website and found I found the info for you know the, it, the it, winner. It was through what Cheerios? Uh, yeah, ge- is that General Mills? Yeah, it was Cheerios. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so there you go. That damn bee lied. <laughs> So next, uh, from season one, one of my favorite episodes is Conspiracy. Now, why is it one of your favorite? It was a really interesting plot where you got things are happening and you don't know what's happening and you can't trust anyone. And that's kind of something that you've never seen in Star Trek before that I can recall. Mm-hmm. And then to learn that admirals and other key personnel are basically being manipulated and controlled by these animals or parasites. Parasites, yeah. That are, you know, that go never, in. And they never mention it again. That's another thing. I really wish there was a follow-up to this episode. I think there was supposed to be. Um, I think Eric mentioned that there was a book that kind yeah. of yeah. Uh, went... Look, who needs a book, though, Aaron? Do we read? Uh, I don't. No, I don't. But, but in this book, I guess... It turns out that this species uh, in cons- in the conspiracy episode was a rival faction of the Trill species, and wow. these two factions had a war. 
I don't know what the book was. Um, mm. If you listen to a few episodes back, it, it's in one of those episodes. Uh, Eric's the one that reads. He he actually was taught how to read. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, uh, Conspiracy, one of my favorite episodes. It's a good episode. Of season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's... I, can you think of any other episodes from season one that were good? I mean, season one is probably my least favorite. It's my least favorite, too, and none of them come to mind, really. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. It's a good question. No, I can't think of any. Right. Uh, it's, I think there there was another Q episode, I think. Let me ask you a question, uh, and I might be mistaken, but the one with the binars in it, mm-hmm. was that in the, that was the first season? Believe. Uh, yeah, I think so. Riker, I like didn't, that. Have, Riker yeah. didn't have a beard, right? Yeah. So. Yes, yeah, I oh. absolutely like right. that one. Yeah. Just because it was weird. It was. It was very weird. I I like the aspect of the holodeck and Riker kind of falling in love with this character mm-hmm. on the holodeck. I thought that was cool. And in a later episode, you see someone. What's that episode? Remember that episode where Riker, uh, like, where this person is kind of like using Riker as like a father figure in in this scenario, mm-hmm. and the mother ends up being the person from the Binar episode. <laughs> no, I don't remember. Um, ah, oh, goodness, I I can't remember what it was. I don't think it's on here. I don't believe I added it. But anywho, uh, it that was an interesting episode as well because it kind of shows a possible future, but not really because it's all made up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. The storyline goes, Riker was in a coma and then, you know, wakes up and... It's like, what, 10 years later? Ca- he, yeah, he's the captain of the Enterprise. Picard is a admiral. Troy yeah. is... His Picard's assistant. Assistant. Yeah. assistant. yeah, that one. I yeah. All right, I do remember it. Yeah, I. I and Picard's name. on. What was Picard on? Picard was on like a Klingon or a Romulan ship. A Romulans. Romulan. Yeah. Uh, Tomalak, I believe, was in the in the episode. Yeah. Not the real Tomalak, but uh, yeah. Oh man, I wish I could remember that episode. That was actually a good episode. Anywho, <laughs> moving on to season two. I picked Measure of a Man, the episode where Data's right to exist is put on trial. Mm-hmm. I I thought this was a very you know powerful episode. Well, you, you and Eric talk about it a lot. Right, it's it's a good episode, and also Eric Eric Dewey of the Four Eyed Radio Network also talks about this episode, and it's one of his favorites, and he wants to do a a supplemental with with us mm-hmm. on this episode. Uh, for the, yeah, so basically, data. There's a jag officer, and there's a. Hey, cyber, hey, hey! Just because you don't like him doesn't mean you can call him a jag. <laughs> a judge, advocate general for those. Oh, one of those. Yeah, and then you have <laughs> uh, a cybernetic, a cyberneticist, a Starfleet one that wants to basically take data, pull him apart, see what makes him tick. Because and, they're trying to figure out why he works the way he does. Yeah, and, and they want to make more datas, basically. And then it comes up within the episode, well, doesn't that end up making this a race of, of androids? Mm-hmm. Won't they, wouldn't they innately 
need rights, mm-hmm. or are they just going to enslave these these creatures? Well, not creatures, these machines. But you, you can't make a machine that can think and feel and then not give them any rights. Mm-hmm. If you want that, make in, like, automaton that, you know, just follows commands, not something that can think for not, its own. But then it's not an artificial intelligence. Well, we can uh, talk about this, I guess, too. And I think it was in Season 7. It's not one of my favorite episodes, but that episode when the Enterprise-D makes an emergent, <laughs> intelligent life form. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that mean that the the Enterprise-D <laughs> is a life form? Yeah. Right? It, it does uh, think for itself. It, it thinks for itself. It has all these things. It can make things, right, with the replicator. You could you could say that the humans aboard are are like the uh, bacteria that you know make make it work. I guess mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Not one of my favorite episodes. Uh, that one. <laughs> mm. But it, but anywho, so Measure of a Man, good episode. I highly recommend it. Go watch it. One of one of the key things in it, Riker has to be. The one on the opposite side of of data, basically trying to prove that he isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's forced to do that too. He's forced to. If he doesn't do it, then data, data automatically will go uh, and you know be be ripped apart. Yeah, I didn't uh, get property, that at all. If he uh, basically is he property of Starfleet Command is is basically. Uh, what the what it comes down to? No, he's the property of Doctor Soon. <laughs> well, at that time, it was presumed he was dead. I know, but but can property go through Starfleet Command and earn a commission? That uh, that again, that doesn't make any sense. If he isn't a, a session a sentient, uh, sentient. being, uh, but can you can't have a toaster go through Starfleet Academy? Sure, you could. They have really good toasters by that point. <laughs> they have really awesome toast. Never over. Could you imagine the toast? <laughs> with Starfleet insignia burnt mm-hmm. right in. Yeah. Next. Well, they even get branded with. Uh, they get branded with the symbol uh, property of Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Next from season two. Q who? Yes. yes, Q who was really good. Uh, it's where we meet the Borg. Yep. And very much early, way before they should have. Right. Q basically flings the Enterprise into the path of a Borg cube. Well, he sends it out to the Delta Quadrant, doesn't he? Way far from Starfleet. It would take them years to reach the closest starbase at maximum warp. I, I forget the exact number, but it was less than than Voyager's journey, so they, they weren't quite as far out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kind of shows that the Borg were probably on their way anyway. They're on their way. So yeah, uh, they needed the Borg, something that uh, an opponent that was scary, they needed. They didn't have the Klingons anymore, yep. uh, really. Not yet. Right, well, in the early TNG, the whole Klingon thing was kind of muddled. You know, there was hints of the Klingons had joined the Federation, and then they kind of backpedaled on that a yeah, little bit. Yeah, they backpedaled on that, yeah. So there was, there was a lot a lot with that. And then the Ferengi were supposed to be 
the new threat, which, you know, you know how that turned out. So they needed a species, it, they needed something to make the next generation great. And the Borg, I think, we can agree, is what made TNG great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that that's my pick for season two. Now on to season three, Yesterday's Enterprise. Yesterday's Enterprise, great show, actually. Right, it, it brings back Tasha Yar. For those who don't know, we have a supplemental with Yesterday's Enterprise. But basically, the Enterprise C comes through a temporal vortex, changes the timeline. So the Federation's at war with the Klingons, and the Federation's losing. And the whole tone of the Federation's changed. It's not a scientific or expedition. Warlike. It. They're all. It's all war. The Enterprise. Is, it's a. It's a battleship, pretty mm-hmm. much. Everyone's armed. No civilians on board except for Guinan uh, in Ten Forward. Yep. Which I, I don't I never really get. That one out. Yeah, that, that's kind of weird that Guinan is. And she remembers things. Right. She knows that something's wrong. Uh, which I also made a picture not uh, maybe a year ago or so, where Guinan senses that there's something wrong in the the JJ universe. Mm-hmm. Because she would be around uh, during this time period. Yep. In the in either universe, because in, in the episode Time Zero, she was in Earth, and that took place during the times of Mark Twain. Uh, so, yeah, yesterday's Enterprise, awesome episode. Uh, do you have any favorite I moments? Liked, yeah, I liked. I my favorite part from that whole show was the fact that they took the time to redesign the bridge. Oh, the bridge was beautiful. And the in uniforms. a dark way. Yeah, and the uniforms. And if you notice, the light was pointed in a different way. Instead of being pointed down, light was pointed up. Mm-hmm. So it made them look darker. And the camera angles were all from the down at the floor. Right, a lot, of them, a lot of them were, yeah. Which is usually a sign of, you know, um, more, it's more serious. Mm-hmm. I like the Enterprise C. I thought they could have done with a lot more with that, though. Oh, the design. design. Well, because it looked more like the Enterprise A than anything. Right. It was supposed to be an in-between from the B. But it didn't even look like the B at all. I, I didn't think it looked like the B. Well, they didn't really have a a, a design for it. Uh, if if you look at the the models that they had on the Enterprise D wall yeah. in the observation lounge, they kind of just look like shapes. Uh, yeah. You know, I thought the design of the C wasn't too bad. Yep. I thought uh, one of the cool things I noticed for the first time actually this year, the com well, the insignia that you like. Yeah. From the older uniforms. Yeah had become a com badge by yes. the time of the Enterprise C. Yes. Because you see the the, the guy the in captain. command uh, tap it yep. when he's, you know, communicating to or talking to someone not on the bridge. Which I thought was awesome. That was, that was <laughs> when I first, when I saw it I was like, oh my goodness, I need to stop and look at that again. One of the famous lines from Star Trek which is technically not in the Prime Universe, 
is let's make sure history never forgets the name Enterprise. Yeah. And that was uttered by this Captain Picard from this other universe. The fall of the Enterprise was sending it back to be destroyed. The fall of the Enterprise? Yeah, well, they sent it back to be destroyed, really. Well, they, they did, but that one ship saved millions of lives. And they didn't even know... Well, okay. most people wouldn't even know that because of the... Once they went back, the timeline was repaired. You want to fight about it? No, <laughs> so next in my list here, I have The Best of Both Worlds Part 1 from Season 3. Just Part 1. Well, Season... Is that seasons. Season 3? So, I mean, awesome cliffhanger. The last lines of this episode is Mr. Worf, fire. And then it goes black and has the blue to be continued. How how epic is that? And, and then you have to wait all year, well, not all year, all summer, in order to find out what happens to Captain Picard, who has been captured mm-hmm. and assimilated by the Borg. So uh, do you have any favorite favorite moments from this episode? Yes, the fact that, well, I nitpick, but the fact that the beginning, the end of the first show and the beginning of the second show are supposed to be the same scene, mm-hmm. and it's totally different. Yeah, uh, well... Uh, that happens in a lot of shows, but um, my favorite part was the fact that you didn't know when I saw it the first time. We still really didn't know much about the Borg. Right. And the fact that Picard becomes a Borg is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't expect to see Jean-Luc Picard as Locutus, and I think they did an excellent job with that. Right. And the reason why is because of contract negotiations. No one was sure if... Uh, Patrick Stewart would be back for uh, a fourth season. Really, so this, that's that's what it was, huh? Yeah. So so this was a way to you know cover you know all your bases. Mm-hmm. You know if if negotiations didn't go through, you could be like, oh, Captain Picard, he's gone, he's dead, mm-hmm. sorry. Or what? Thankfully, Yay, happened he saved. In the next, we find out in season three four. Months. In three months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in season four, uh, Best of Both Worlds, part two, Captain Picard is retrieved by his crew, and they find a way to stop the Borg from destroying Earth, or assimilating Earth, mm-hmm. right what on I the find, doorstep. <laughs> yeah, what I find funny about that is, uh, in that episode, um, if, if everybody had been under contract, that would have been a problem. Would have been an empty bridge, and all of them over the other side. No. Uh, everyone was assimilated. Yeah, you you would think that would happen in in Voyager. Yes, uh, a large amount. No, of no, 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 not, 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 no, 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 not, not think. I, I, I wished. I hoped. <laughs> it's weird. I think everyone was assimilated at one point in that in that show. In uh, Voyager. In Voyager, yes. I, I, I remember seeing everyone as a drone at one point. Yes. <laughs> but anywho. The next episode from season four is Family. Picard goes back to France. Right. And I don't think there was even one scene where he's in space in that whole episode. No, it wasn't it's supposed, all to be, supposed to be reestablishing what he felt. Right, and <coughs> excuse me, reestablishing you know, his, his, humanity. his humanity, exactly. I mean, after... The Borg basically ripped his humanity away. Basically, you know, if you realize it from the whole Deep Space Nine side, he was the one that attacked. He was the one that was controlling everything at the uh, Battle of uh, 
Was Wolf 359. Yeah, he was the one that did all the attack. That used him, yeah. I mean, obviously he didn't do it willingly. Because you see him, as he's being assimilated, like a tear, you know, rolled down his face during the assimilation process. So you, you know... Did they show that? Yeah. I don't remember that. I'm pretty sure they showed that. And it, it comes out in the episode Family that, you know, the extent of what the Borg did, because Picard, you know, ends up tussling with his brother, and then at the end of it, you know, Picard ends up, John Luke breaks down and starts crying about, you know, the the torment and, you know, how bad the experience was. Yep. I mean, I, I can't imagine what that would have been like. Next on this list, uh, Redemption Part 1. And this is the one where uh, Worf ends up resigning his commission uh, to go and fight for the Klingon Defense Force. Mm-hmm. Not, probably not one of my most favorite episodes, but it's definitely considered one of the one of the better episodes. And you know, the Klingon. Sh- I love Klingon ship design, and we get to see you know a lot of different Klingon ships in this episode. Yep. Now, Worf has this sense of honor and and whatnot, right? But mm-hmm. he's never really been around Klingons because he was adopted mm-hmm. uh, by a human family. Now, when yeah. he's when he's out there with the Klingons, he doesn't understand why they would be fighting with each other, especially during this civil war. And it's it's kind of interesting to see how Worf's brother tells basically tells him how it is. He's like, you know, out there. When we're fighting, it's one thing, but now we're back here, and it's it's time to kind of relax and, you know, be ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's interesting to get, like, a little bit more insight on Klingon behavior in this episode. Uh, do you have any moments you want to share for, for Redemption? Either Redemption just, Part he, 1 or Part 2. Yeah, he really seemed like a fish out of water. Right. Wolf, and that's one of the things I actually enjoyed because you never see him that way. Right, and it's it's weird to see him in full see him in full clean on uh, garb. Yeah, military uniform. There, it's it's interesting to see. And he had to re- didn't he have to resign from Starfleet? Yeah, he took his communicator off and put it on the table uh, because Picard basically wouldn't give him the leave that he needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was like, "I resign," and bam. Uh, so, <laughs> it was an uh, interesting episode because even then you're like, oh, well, is Worf, is Worf gone? Is he going to come back? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's going to happen? You can't get rid. You can't get rid of him. Right. I mean, he's in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> this was obviously before that. He's in every movie, including one he wasn't even in the timeline for. <laughs> oh yeah, it's his like, uh, yeah. grandfather, uh, Colonel Worf. Uh, next, from season five, we have Damok. The one that talks weird. <laughs> right, they use metaphors yeah. to, to communicate. Yeah, at whatever. Right, and Captain Picard is beamed down with the captain of the other ship, and basically this forces them to relate to each other and... and I don't want to say become friends, but Picard understands them yep. uh, through this ex- joint experience. The The captain ends up dying, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Picard, the other captain yep. dies. Picard really takes it hard, too. 
Well, because they end up sort of relating to each other, and I, I don't want to say become friends, but he he likes him. You know, I, I mean, at first they they Picard thinks that they're enemies, but they end up having to come together to fight a foe. This I guess animal that is naturally cloaked that mm -hmm. comes and attacks, and uh, that's that's how the alien captain is is killed. And then Picard relays the news to the the other ship, and a new saying is created, a new metaphor is created for that situation. Highly regarded episode. Not really one of my favorites, but a good episode. Next, we have Unification Parts 1 and 2, the return of Spock, yes. which I don't think anyone saw coming. No. <laughs> and I think a really decent episode. What do you think? I thought that it, it had a lot of potential. Personally, mm -hmm. I don't find it to be one of the best ones. Really? I think, I think it was really good that Spock was back in. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, and I liked the storyline, but I thought it just lacked. Mm -hmm. It was no, like, I mean, it was big, but not huge, you know? Right. I mean, I, I thought that the, like you said, the the plot of, of the story was good, but it could definitely have used a little more. I mean, some of it was a little slow. Mm -hmm. I thought the whole idea of unification was good between the Romulans and the Vulcans. I thought it was really cool how they basically turn it around and it ends up being a Romulan plot yep. to not unify with the Vulcans, but to take over the Vulcans, which I can't see how they would ever think they would be successful. Because we have Earth and the rest of the Federation that definitely wouldn't sit back and let this happen. Mm -hmm. I thought that would be that was going to be the last time that we saw Spock wow. or Leonard you were Nemo. Wrong. Uh, I'm glad you, I was. You were so wrong. <laughs> Next from season five, we have Inner Light, which is widely regarded as one of the better episodes. Not one of my favorite episodes, mm -hmm. because when this first came out, I was pretty young and didn't really appreciate the the story, and it was kind of slow. But uh, basically, an alien probe shoots out this beam, it hits Picard, and Picard, in the matter of, I, I want to say, half an hour or so, mm -hmm. lives a lifetime on this planet and basically this is a capsule that is sent out because the the people that sent it their planet is dying because their sun yep so this probe is basically to carry on their their race so that others would know about them it's kind of like a time capsule but this time capsule basically takes you over and you become part of a story almost like a holodeck but you're yeah. you're living it the whole lifetime in a matter of moments and in this episode Picard is where Picard's flute comes from yes he learns uh, how to play it that way and he learns how to play it and it is kind of significant uh, throughout the rest of the series yeah fun fact the flute actually doesn't play <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, in in real life, it's just uh, like a wooden carving, a, yeah. a wooden carving 
And neither does Picard. And neither neither so, does Picard. Yeah. He's a wooden carving. Oh, good. Uh, wooden carving. Jeez. Carving. Carving. Ugh. Carving. It's it's the Bostonian accents coming out. The carving. So next, pushing on to season six, we have Relics, which is one of my favorite episodes. Now remind me, what's which one is Relics? I don't remember honestly. There's so so rel- many episodes episodes that I don't remember all of them. So Relics is the one with Scotty. Ah, okay. I just don't know the names. Scotty's ship is found on the surface of a Dyson Sphere, mm-hmm. where they beam down and find that there are patterns in the transporter buffer. So they materialized the pattern, and Scotty comes out. He goes, oh no, there's someone else in there. Let's try to get him. And unfortunately, the other pattern is too far degraded, and he's lost. But then we, you know, we go through this episode, and it's basically Scotty trying to adapt to this new time frame of the 24th century. And even though he is from a future time compared to us, mm-hmm. anybody taken out of the time and put into the next generation, hate to use that phrase, but... <laughs> was um, apt. Yeah, would be yeah. a fish out of water. Right. He uh, even has the... The, uh, what do you call it, the uh, holodeck recreate the bridge of the Enterprise. Right, of the His original Enterprise. Yeah, which I thought that was that was kind of cool to see it. They got it pretty close, too. Oh, yeah, no, it looked, uh, it was spot on. That that episode was, was great, and it was kind of cool to see one engineer relate to the other engineer, Jordy and, and Scotty, and... Scotty kind of telling them, uh, you know, you don't tell them, don't tell people how long things will actually take, because how will you be considered a miracle worker? Yeah, I, I thought that was hysterical when he when he yeah. said that. That he was right. No, yeah, he was right. Surprising. It was surprising. It, the whole episode was was well done. It was comical. Uh, there were parts that were dramatic. You know, it it was a better episode, I think, than Unification was and bring back a character mm-hmm. from the original series. Now, this is the third, sorry, no, fourth character from the original that we see, because we see in... The first Encounter, episode. Encounter at Firepoint, we have McCoy. Then we have we have Sarek in a couple episodes. Yeah, I was forget about Sarek. Then we have Spock, and then we got Scotty. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's it, unless there are some, like, minor characters that were in the show, which they, they probably were. I just can't think of any at the top of my head. So, Relics, love it, watch it. We should do a supplemental episode on Relics. Hmm. Mm. Okay, or not. <laughs> no, we could. <laughs> Next, we have Chain of Command. So, Chain of Command is the episode... With the Cardassians, you know, there are four lights. Oh, that one. Yeah. There are four lights. It's that episode. I thought it was really cool because you see, you know, kind of like espionage in this episode where they're, like, (laughs) scaling down uh, rock faces in this secret mission and then they, Picard ends up being captured by the Cardassians. The Enterprise is under the command of, of, uh, I think Jellico. Yes. I think completely different type of officer than Picard is. Very stern. I thought Picard was stern. Jellico, uh, this other guy is much worse. 
um, Riker and him kind of bump heads in this episode. Mm -hmm. And then you see Picard being tortured by the Cardassian. Picard doesn't get a break. It's kind of hard to watch. I mean, uh, Patrick Stewart did an awesome job in his portrayal. Yeah. Uh, like a a POW, basically. Exactly. And he does a, a good job showing he's not only being physically broken, he's being mentally broken in this yeah. episode. You can see his spirit being destroyed. Right. Which you never see with him. Right. And then he, you know, he says, you know, he could see five lights, even though he knew there were four. And he was at the point where he was going to say, you know, fine, there are five lights. But he didn't. He, he held out. You know, shows the strength of his character. I mean, Picard is one one tough guy, if you, if you think about it. You know, he, he's been assimilated. He's been tortured. So, I mean, Picard... Man, he's he's a you know tough cookie. If you if you think about it, probably been through a lot worse than any other or most Starfleet captains. You know, he's been in firefights. You know, staring down the throats of Romulans. Crazy. He was the subject of Romulan plot to infiltrate Starfleet. Yeah, that's kind um, of funny that they had him too. Yeah. So yeah, chain of command. It's a good two-parter. One of the better two-parters in the series. Some others have been kind of hit hit or miss, but but this one, this is a good one. Next, we have Tapestry. We have many tapestries. <laughs> so this is another Q episode, mm -hmm. and Picard episode, actually. Where it's usually Q and Picard, usually. Right, so Picard is basically dead, mm -hmm. <laughs> and he wakes up, in the afterlife, to find that Q is God. And Q gives Picard a second chance to relive his life by changing a moment from his past where he is stabbed through the heart by a Nausicaan. Mm -hmm. Because Picard dies because of this blast that goes off and it destroys his artificial heart that he has. Mm -hmm. If he had a real heart and that explosion occurred, he would have survived. So Q offers him this chance. He goes, makes the changes, and then flash forward into now, and Picard's a completely different man. Different rank. Different rank. I find still, it hard that he would still be on the Enterprise. Well, I mean, Barkley was on the Enterprise, so mm. I, I don't see why he wouldn't have been on the Enterprise. So basically, you know, nothing special, just a regular officer that... You know, he, he does what he can to get by. Nothing like the Captain Picard that we know from the regular timeline. Yep. Picard realizes, you know, his mistake and realizes that, you know, Q is basically teaching me a lesson here. And Picard would rather die the man he was than live the rest of his life as this other man that mm -hmm. didn't take the risks. Yep. A great episode highly recommend it. It's very funny. Some parts in the episode are very funny. We have some other, you know, serious parts of the of the episode. A lot of humor with, with Q and Picard in this episode. Yeah. The the later seasons, especially towards the end, mm -hmm. they did become more of like almost like college buddies back and forth sparring. Right. Even though it was serious, I mean there's still a light part to it. Right, right. Next 
We have par- uh, from season seven. We have the episode Parallels. <laughs> which after a Batleth tor- tournament, Worf. You have trouble uh, with that word too. <laughs> tournament? No, Batleth. Batleth, which I have. I have a Batleth. Yes, you do. <sighs> Is it still uh, sharp? Sharp as ever. Uh, so, Worf shuttle intersects this quantum fissure and fissure. <laughs> basically taps into these parallel universes. So, Worf, every time he comes into contact with Geordi's visor, is pushed into another parallel universe where things are slightly different. Yeah, and slightly. Slightly different, and I this episode is so awesome. I think where awesome. we have, <laughs> I just like the idea of parallel universes, and it's cool to see the differences in these universes of how Starfleet could be and like different choices. Basically, the the last universe that Worf is in there. Picard had been assimilated and captured and killed by the Borg. And Riker had become captain. Yep. And Worf had become the the first officer in yep. this universe. And he had a relationship with Troy in this universe. And it was it was just so cool. And and then at this the final moment we have all like a breakdown between the, the fabric between these universes. And then we have all these different Enterprise Ds just popping in. Yeah, I remember that. And and then, then we see one of the Enterprise Ds that had been ravaged mm-hmm. by the Borg. It was on its. It's one of the last ships in the Federation. They did not want to go back, so they were firing on the shuttle that had Worf in it, yep. and the. And to, or I believe it was the show that had Worf in it, or or something, and the Enterprise, one of the Enterprises, fired at that Enterprise, and it was wasn't anything bad. It was only like a small, low-powered shot, and it destroyed that Enterprise mm-hmm. uh, because yeah, it had I remember been, that. Yeah, been so weakened from the Borg. <laughs> yep. I, I think it was just one one great episode. But it's I also one of my like favorites. The, I like the design differences. Again, uh, throwback to yesterday's Enterprise. They designed the bridges differently. Yeah, it, it was cool to see Slightly they had different. like they had like these plexiglass sections, which kind of remind me of the the new Enterprise from the JJ verse. How they have these glass yep. sections where you know you can write on and and do all these other things with. Which was pretty awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, I, I really liked this episode. It's, it's probably my favorite Worf episode. Yeah, I really liked it, and it was towards the end too. Yeah, yeah. It, they it, they got better seven. and better towards the end. Uh, it was hit and miss. I thought. No, I thought it was better and better. Um, one of my least You're favorite episodes. <laughs> one of my least favorite episodes from this season is Masks, where Data lives out these different civilizations and the Enterprise is being transformed into the civilization. So you don't even remember it so bad. I don't remember that one. <laughs> it's really bad. I, I'm not a fan of it. It's kind of like the inner light 
yeah. that exploded outward <laughs> instead of all being contained into one person. That's that's how I view the episode. It's uh, I didn't like it. No. No. But but moving on to the better moments from the series, the Pegasus was a very right. good episode. Uh, so in this episode, we find out that the Federation had been developing a interfacic cloaking device against the Treaty of Algeron, I believe is the name of it, which prohibited the development of cloak technology within the Federation that the Federation signed with the Romulans, mm-hmm. the peace treaty there. The Enterprise D was sent on a mission to go retrieve the the cloaking device, basically. Yep. And Riker faces these moral dilemmas, which ends up being played out in the last episode of Star Trek Enterprise, uh, which that last episode of Star Trek Enterprise was a great episode of The Next Generation, which could have been fit neatly into this episode, The Pegasus. Neatly. Neatly. <laughs> right, so did you like this episode? I thought the yes. interface cloak was really cool. I liked yeah, that. I liked it. I liked how it was trapped in the... Uh... In the rock? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, was, that was cool. And, like, no one knew why it was trapped in the rock. And then we they... all knew. <laughs> And then they had a Riker, you know, tells them, oh, the device that's in the Admiral's quarters is a cloaking device, mm-hmm. but it's uh, interphasic cloak, so you can pass through matter. So they set it up, and then they are able to use it and go through the rock that had, well, the asteroid or that had been sailed by the Romulans. Yep. Great episode. It was, I liked it. It was, uh, it was quite an interesting episode, and it also it questions Riker's ability to follow command. You know what I mean? Kind of like as Picard was tortured, this kind of is a similar torture to his, like almost his ability to follow regulations and things of that sort. So I found it very interesting. Right. Well, he he ended up. I mean, he was a young officer when this happened. Yep. Uh, but it's so still. I, but it still was. It was. It was quite. Uh, what's the word? Challenging for him. Right. And that's that's kind of what plays out in the Enterprise episode. Mm-hmm. How it's you know a moral dilemma. Like, what do I do? You know, do I I pick? Do I stand by my my old commanding officer, or or do I do the right thing? And he. he at the end of the day, he chooses to do the right thing. Yep, which is great. True that. <laughs> Next, from Season 7, Lower Decks, which I thought was cool because it showed us life on the Enterprise through a different set of eyes. Mm-hmm. We have lower-ranking crew members in this episode, and, you know, it, it you goes... you don't normally see. It's like a day in the yeah. life of... Right. Uh, and it's, it's, it's quite a good episode. Uh, it has some funny, again, it has funny moments, but then it has, you know, not so funny moments, funny moments when, yeah. when we have, a, you know, one of the these new lower-ranking officers that we kind of came to know a little bit, we find out that she ends up dying, and then another crew member that we saw gets promoted. Mm-hmm. It was a really interesting take. I mean, 
I would never have thought to see <laughs> to write an episode from the perspective of another group of people you've never seen. Right, and that have you know been there because we don't only see these lower-ranking crewmers. We also see a bartender. <laughs> bartender. That, that frequents a poker game yes. with these lower-ranking members, members of, of, the the, of the Enterprise crew. And it's kind of cool how it parallels the senior members of the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 kind of cool to see. It's, it's not one of the most exciting episodes. No, it's not one of those action-packed ones, but it's right. It's quite interesting. Yeah. And, and then finally, all good things must come to an end. Which, like I said at the the top of the broadcast here, it's the bookend to the first episode. The the first episode, so it it neatly you know ties the whole series up into a, a nice little bow. And the basic the basic plot of this episode is Picard is going between three different time periods, but the time periods exist separate from themselves. And at and the same time. Right, and, and it's Q who's sending him back and forth, and basically, an anti-time rift basically is getting bigger and bigger as you go backwards in time, and it's eventually going to destroy humanity. And it turns out Picard's the one that caused this anti-time with his tachyon pulse. With with his yeah tachyon beams converging in three different time periods at the same spot. In space, yeah. In, in space, and... funny about it is, not only is it just a question of science, because that's mm-hmm. really what the answer is as far as the tachyon beam, but really what Q's trying to do is see if, the, see if Picard can think outside the box. See if humanity can think outside the box. Right, and, and... Typically, because typically the way that reality works is that if you shoot something now, it's going to affect later, not in the past. Right. And basically he made things run backwards. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to expand his mind and see if he could do it. Right. And that's what saved humanity. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for that, that spark. That one, that mere second when his, his mind could be open to new possibilities. Mm-hmm. That's what the whole point, and that's what he says to him too. Yeah, yeah, but that's basically what it says. And then Picard's like, "Q, what are you telling me?" And then he leans over, like he's gonna whisper in his ear, and then pulls back and goes, "You'll find, find out, out in time. time." And I always thought that was a good bookend for one of the movies. I well, I think this. I always episode, thought they should have done something with the movies. This episode would have been a better. Generations than Generations was. Yes. But that uh, you know, what what can you do? <laughs> I I think I think there should have been a Q movie. Yes, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Right. Uh, I I agree with you. There there should have been a Q movie, but what would they have done? You could have I mean you could have gone done a lot of things, but would have gotten people that don't know Star Trek into the theater. I don't know. Yeah, but Generations wouldn't have. It didn't. Um. I think it brought old Trekkies that maybe not maybe didn't warm up to the new series to come see it to see you know Shatner because remember this is like the heyday of Star Trek right there mm-hmm. I mean we had you know Star Trek the Next Generation DS9 had just started the Next Generation was you know 
highly rated during this time, and then they go right into the movie. They didn't waste any time. <laughs> so all good things, great, great episode. Would have been Again, a better movie. De- dealing with uh, time travel and, and Q, the effects were great, I thought. It was cool seeing the Enterprise D from the, the future timeline where it has three nacelles. Three nacelles and that cannon. That, like, phase cannon. Yep, and it had uh, fins at the end of it, too. Yeah, it had, like, these different different aesthetics uh, on on it that made it made it an interesting-looking ship. It was obviously a refit. The ent- Like, the original Enterprise went through a refit, so... The Enterprise D, you know, would have to go through some kind of refit after, oh, you know, after a certain amount of time, you, you have to, you know, improve upon these ships that have been around for so long. Yep. Make it faster. This thing went warp 13, which basically means the warp skill had to be had to have been recalibrated, and we see Admiral Riker. We we see bits of the timeline that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. Yep. Uh, new uniforms in the future timeline. New communicator design. Uh, new ships. We learn about Picard marrying Doctor Crusher, and divorcing Captain Captain yes. Captain Picard, <laughs> Captain Beverly Picard. Uh, but she uses the name. Yeah, she kept the name. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> all good things. 1994, awesome episode. The best episode of the whole series. It, it ranks up there. Um, oh, I think it's the best. The best episode. Yeah, of the whole series. Of the whole series, <laughs> you you might be right. You might be right. It's yeah, all right. You're right. This this is the best episode of the series. So yeah, that's it for our topic. Those are those are our favorite Star Trek episodes, mm-hmm. or the best Star Trek episodes that that we can think of from the next generation. So, moving on to the next topic, subspace channels. Are they open? Channels open. <laughs> so, this week's subspace channel is, what was your favorite moment from Star Trek The Next Generation? So, from Twitter, we have Good at little, <laughs> little Cute Girl 86 when Data meets his brother and the crew tries to shut down the brother. This is the episode Data Lore that yes. she's she's referring to. The first time we maybe oh the whole part when they're trying to shut him down. Yeah, well, yeah. And then they jettison out into space. Right when Data kind of throws them over to the transporter. Yeah. And beams out with the crystalline entity. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that episode uh, was was her favorite moment, I guess. Next we have at Jaffa Star who says. Oh dear, should I admit this? Well, it's um when um, Worf <laughs> when Worf delivers Keiko's baby. So touching and very funny. It was funny. Are you feeling pressure? That's all I remember is You like, may deliver you the may baby. Deliver the baby. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that that was kind of funny that that uh that scene. Uh, cuz Worf is so serious. Worf cannot relax. That's Worf's problem. He cannot he's very relax. he's very Klingon for a guy Which who's not he isn't. Klingon. Yeah, but he does have. But that's the problem: the Klingon side that he does have interferes with him being totally human. Yeah, I, I think he just wanted to be the total opposite of humans and just figure that's what Klingons were. Mm-hmm. But Klingons aren't like that. They're, you know, they laugh 
and they would have cut the woman's head off and then have funny the with e- have fun with each other, and like you know mess around with each other and Worf's all business, which um, you know. I like somebody to like. I just wish somebody in the series had like bumped into him. He gets mad and he goes, oh, "Okay, Mister Pushy." Oh. <laughs> uh, At Geeky Girl in KY, when Picard explains the epic of Gilgamesh in Darmark. I love that entire episode, though. Uh-huh. Okay. I love that entire Man, episode. Picard. I like how you said Picard. you like, Picard. Because I'm tired. <laughs> uh, Bostonian accents. When Picard uh, explains show themselves. the epic of Gilgamesh. Uh, so yeah, well, we that was one of our episodes that we we talked about. Mm-hmm. At Caleb Beldum, mm-hmm. when Locutus tells Riker and Shelby that resistance is futile, tingles. Pound Hashtag. Star Trek. Hashtag. Hashtag. Sorry. Hashtag Star Trek. Yeah. Isn't so. Is the pound on the phone though? It is the pound on the phone. But it's hashtag. Yep. So yeah, um, that episode, best of both worlds, you know, pretty epic. And Shelby goes off and dies. Shelby doesn't die. She does later on, I thought. I don't know. Not in the series. Not in that, not in that one, but I think sometime... I think in a book, maybe. Yeah, she does. Not, yeah. not, in, not in film, that she I would have been. She would have been the first officer. Think about it, if the cat hadn't come back. The show would have went on, and it probably would have had her as the first officer. Well, they probably wrote would have wrote around it, but Picard... Um, not Picard, sorry. Riker did show, choose no, her. No, no, I'm sorry. Picard. Hmm? Picard. Picard didn't choose her. No, just say the word right. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so, next. Facebook. We have right. Eric Dewey from the 4 Ride Radio Network. So many great ones in TNG. How to pick just one favorite. I know I've mentioned this moment on previous Subspace Channel questions, but the moment I would pick is from Measure of a Man. When Guinan and Picard are talking in 10 forward, and she gently leads him to the conclusion that building an army of Datas to do the Federation's dirty work would basically be slavery. And we kind of touched we, we touched on that when we talked about uh, Measure of a Man earlier. I think he brings this up every single subspace. I'm pretty sure it's his favorite episode, so yeah. he, he tries to work it in. And it's, it is a great episode. He goes uh, on to say... <laughs> Oh, he does. Yes, he goes on <laughs> Such the a powerful moment and really shows the great connection between those two characters. Very good. Uh, yeah, uh, great episode, Eric. Thank you for commenting. We're just going to copy this into the next week's uh, notes <laughs> so you don't have to do it. Yeah, so you don't have to answer next week. Okay, so Shannon Kelsey says, mm-hmm. I am not a merry man, followed by Wolf smashing the loot XD. Loot and that's uh, an emoticon for a yes. uh, for a smile. Yeah, so that's the episode where I think it's Cupid, where that's an emoticon for smile. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it, like it, it looks like oh, okay the X like squinting. Yeah, oh, okay, eyes. okay. <laughs> so uh, I think that's the episode of Cupid. Yeah. Where Q kind of takes the crew and puts them into a, a medieval Robin Hood scenario. I'm not a married man. And and that kind of goes back to what we were kind of talking about earlier. Worf is all business, and he's... <laughs> he has no sense of humor. No sense of humor. I thought that moment was very funny. Uh, but yeah, not but he for, wasn't trying to be. Yeah, he wasn't trying to be. Um, there were a couple of funny moments in the episode, like when Troy uh, shoots Data with a bow and arrow, accidentally, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
Next, right, from Google Plus. Google Plus, we have Jens Fiedler. 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 Sorry. In German, Aaron, the it, the I and E thing is the opposite of English. So if you see oh, an E after an I, it's E, and if you see an I after an E, it's pronounced the I. Ah, see, I would not have known that. But he says it's the it's the scene in Relics where Scotty and Jordy are together. And Scotty is talking about his hangover, and that's a that's a very funny moment mm-hmm. uh, in in the uh, in that episode, Relics. Which Relics is a great episode, and we we talked about it a little earlier in the show. So Django Jacobson Fine says when Locutus Aborg first shows up on the view screen, which I said earlier too. That's one of the pivotal moments in Best of Both Worlds. Right. One of the pivotal moments in all of Star Trek, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, emotional. Well, it's not the... F- it is emotional, though, because, one, you don't expect Picard to be a Borg. Mm-hmm. Two, you know what that means for the crew and the situation. Mm-hmm. And three, uh, it also... You can tell that Reich is torn. Right, because, you know, do I fire at him? Or if I if I fire at him, Will he's I get dead. demoted? I'm just kidding. <laughs> He, he, you know, he has to choose... Picard I, or the crew. Picard or humanity, because if... Yeah, if they get to Sector 001. Right, there, there will be no stopping them. And Riker thinks that this is the only chance they have. Yep. I like to, how they refer to it as that, though. Sector 001. Oh, well, because, you know, we have to be at the center of everything. Yeah, but theoretically, we're not in the center of the Star Trek universe. No, but plotting wise, I guess. To them, that we were. Right, well, to. I mean, they start. We're Sector 1, and yeah. then they go out in. Diff- in you know. Uh, three angles. Yeah, three, <laughs> yeah, three dimensions, basically. Yeah, and, and plot them that way, and which X, I y, would imagine Z. that would be very difficult to do. Yes. I mean, you know what I, I, never I don't understood? know how you would do that. You know what I never understood? When they would say, take us to coordinates 650 Mach 72. Mm-hmm. The Mach 72 talks about the up and down, the Z in the XYZ plane. And I didn't know that. Ah, yes. Yeah, it's like your pitch and yeah. whatever. What'd you say? <laughs> pitch. Uh, perfect. So next we have an audio a answer. A special audio entry from Clyde Burrell. So you Which... know this will only be four or five hours. Anyways, um, no, we love Clive, honestly. It's just that I think Clive writes more... He writes more for these things and, and, and thinks about it more than I write wrote for my whole thesis for my bachelor's degree. <laughs> Hi, uh, Eric, Marty, and Aaron. It's Clive. Um, and you asked about this week was a, a most significant moment from uh, TNG. Um, for me, uh, there are two that kind of stand in my mind. Um, the first one is actually one that's not an aired moment. It was um, 26th of September uh, 1990, uh, which was the first time that they aired uh, an episode on BBC Two in the UK. Um, for me, uh, that was a, a big moment. It was a really significant part of, of my childhood. Um, it was the first time I'd ever watched a, a new episode of Star Trek um, without my father uh, my dad was at work at the time um and it was it was just amazing um it was new it was so different um 
and I just watched it for an hour and a half and suddenly it was all gone. My dad was home and the first thing was kind of telling him about this, this amazing new um, Star Trek series that had premiered on the TV. And, and from then onwards, Wednesday nights at six o'clock were pretty much taken over by this, this new um, series of adventures of Captain Picard and the, the crew of the Enterprise. Um, the, the second one for me is a, is a really significant moment in, in the series itself. And it's from the episode Q Who, um, from season two of, of TNG. The episode itself is, of course, a, a classic um, with the Q and the Borg. Uh, it, it just has everything you could want from a classic episode. But for me, there's a, there's a moment near the end, uh, and it's the speech that Q gives to Picard um, about the wonders of the universe uh, and the dangers that are out there, and the fact that, that you know he's got to be prepared to take a bloody nose. Um, to explore and, and see this new these new stuff that's out there, um, so it's a, it's a brilliant moment, a brilliant speech, and it's a moment you realise after sort of a year and a half and three years of the original series that these guys aren't aren't that indestructible, and there is now an enemy out there that is n- more powerful and, 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 and virtually omnipotent um, that will cause them a great deal of problems in the future. Uh, it was the first idea really that was going to be a recurring storyline, um, the first meeting with the Borg that would change everything in the future and give us an enemy that, that really kind of um, knocked Q from his perch as probably the, the, the biggest um, villain that, that TNG had created to that point. But that speech really defined that that this was a, uh, a crew that were going to face some challenges and the arrogance that perhaps Starfleet had um, displayed in the sort of first season or so of um, TNG really um, wasn't um, the way it was going to be in the future and then obviously we found out uh, a year or so later with best of both worlds um, so there are my two moments um, hopefully that's uh, good enough for you guys and uh, I'll talk to you soon thank you Clive for your answer that was great so what else what else is up for tonight so our, our final segment of the show do you, do know, you know what puts Aaron's quantum state into flux do you know what puts my quantum state into flux? I think I just said that. Do you know what puts Aaron's quantum state into flux? Let me tell you. What puts your quantum state into flux? The next generation Ferengi. When we first see the Ferengi in the last outpost, they are built up to be an aggressive species, possibly a species that would become the new Klingons of the next generation. They fell short of the skull and had sporadic encounters throughout the next generation. The Ferengi didn't become interesting or fully developed until Deep Space Nine when they had a main Ferengi character, Quark. And, if I can add to that... Go ahead. It was a totally different a different uh, direction for the Ferengi. Right, so do you agree with... Yeah, they were more of a militaristic... Actually, yeah. they were more like pirates. That's what I would call them. They were the pirates of the next generation. Because oh, remember, right. they tried to steal ships and... Try to yeah. control them and sneak on board, and, right, and they, they also were. used like whips to control their slaves and things like that. Well, th- that whip thing lasted like one episode, seven seconds, but <laughs> thankfully, uh, although the toy, the playmates toy, I had I believe came with a uh, <laughs> a whip. Wow, um, getting kids into that stuff really. <laughs> I so, just think I just think that they were supposed to be like, Frankie was supposed to be like pirates, really. I I think they were like they showed them as materialistic, and you got I th- my treasure now. <laughs> well, I guess their ship it was a Marauder class ship, so I guess yes. you're right. Yes, they were supposed to be pir- pirate like, 
But you're right, um, an adversary that would be more warlike, like the Klingons. Right, because, I mean, they were very, you know, they were willing to fight. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, jumped on the away team party on, on the planet and, you know, yeah. were very, I don't know, aggressive. barbaric, aggressive. Their and they clothing. even seemed different. The, the, the whole mindset was different than the... the Although the Ferengi are, are annoying and pains in the ass and sometimes would get in your face, they have by far nowhere near a tactical or militaristic like adversary to the Federation. Right, that, that's how they end up evolving to. By the time of Deep Space Nine, they were definitely just like Barters. traitors. Yeah. yeah, who were trying to con people out of things. Right, and you didn't really see their military at all in Deep there Space Nine. There was no Nine. military, really. Well, not in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. But in Next Gen, there was definitely a military. I also thought the ships had a lot to, a lot more could have been done with those. They were weird. interesting. They were big. Yeah. At like a crescent and then like a little... Crescent in the front. ...thing that comes out and another crescent... I also think that they didn't when they first created the the Ferengi ship. I don't think they really knew how big the Enterprise was supposed to be either. It's like uh, in the early days, I think. I, I think they had a good idea. I I think. Well, they just the, had a different idea of what the species was going to be. I think they had a different idea of what the Ferengi were going to be. because yeah. if you then, notice, if you notice in Deep Space Nine, the mm -hmm. ship that Quark has is much smaller. Oh, but that wasn't meant to be anything like the ships from yeah, the Yeah, I know, but it was so tiny. Well, uh, the Federation has tiny ships. That was basically like a watch shuttle watch that he had. <laughs> but yeah, so the Ferengi from Deep Space... I'm uh, sorry, the Ferengi from Next Generation, total letdown. To and I'm glad that they became what they became in Deep Space Nine. They're just nothing like... or. Barely anything concept. like they were Other than in the look. origin. And even the look was different because if you remember, they mm -hmm. had like um like furs on and they and, had tattoos, you're right. They had tattoos on their on their ridges, on their heads. Yeah, on that like that bump there. Yeah. They had a um identification tattoo. It was it was kinda the military um yeah. a military tattoo. Yeah. That's basically what it was. And you never see any of the other Ferengi from Z Space Nine with that tattoo. No. Did they also have, did they have the, um, you know how, like, Quark wears the thing on the back of his head to cover the ridge? Yeah, they had that. They yeah. had that? Okay. Yeah. Yep. That, that they, stayed. That's the one thing that, like, really stayed. stayed. Yeah. And they didn't talk about women in it either. And then later on you got the women and they were... Oh, no, they talked about women in the first episode. No, 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 no. Not their women, though, did they? No, they did. They were like, you clothed your females? Oh, the clothed the females, yeah. Yeah, and funny though, the actor that plays Quark is in that episode yeah. playing a Ferengi. The fact right. is, is the Ferengi were way different in their concept in TNG than they were in Deep Space Nine, and it's a good thing they rethought that one out. Right. So, so that's what puts my quantum state into flux. The Do you take TNG some medicine for Ferengi. <laughs> nah, no, no, not yet. Quantum but fluxerol. Know what I should take? What? More Star Trek. More cowbell. I need, I need I need a new series, but that's for another day in time. You need more cowbell. <laughs> All right, sir. I think that's it for this week. All right, so 
yeah, thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll have a full crew next time with me, Marty, and Eric. Yeah, Eric took a step out into space for a day. we got to pick him up. <laughs> uh, hopefully he's holding his breath uh, so we can open up the Ow! escape pod and get him back in. Would All we right. be dead, too, if we did that? Um, force field, yeah, yeah, force field yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, you know how shuttles can exit Put the, yeah. and come back in? Same thing. So, for this week, okay. for the Starfleet escape pod, I'm Marty. And I'm Aaron. See you next week. Keep on trekking. Trek-tastic. Star trekking across the universe. On the Starship Enterprise. Under the, what is it? Fully going uh, forward, because... You have been listening to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, where you can catch a new episode every other Monday. You can find us on the web at sfescapepod.com. Follow us on Twitter at sfescapepod. Like us on facebook.com slash sfescapepod. And add us to your circle on Google Plus by going to google.sfescapepod.com. This has been another proud production of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You want to see more shows? Go check out www.fouredradio.com, you winkers.